Welcome to this episode of the Real World Productivity Podcast. Really looking forward to sharing this episode with you where I get to talk with Tom Morcus. And he has helped over 50 companies grow by generating more traffic, leads, and sales from their products and services. And his experience with this, his behind-the-scenes knowledge, as well as his just general life knowledge, being in the military, traveling the world, becoming an entrepreneur, uh, it was just a great interview. He's got a lot of knowledge to share with you. So check out this episode and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Adam Moody, and today I'm talking with Tom Marquez about his background, his experiences in product launches, and the use of automation, time management, and team building. I'm going to keep it short and just really jump right into things today. So welcome, Tom. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, like I said, I'm pretty much going to jump right into it. And the first set of questions about your background, uh, just so everyone can kind of get on the same page, do you mind just sharing with everyone a little bit about who you are and where you're coming from? Yeah, my background's in the military. I went to West Point, spent five years active duty as a commissioned officer. Around 2000, well, 2013 is when I actually got out of the army. My intention was, you know, go the the corporate route, maybe go go to law school was like always in the back of my mind. I kind of always wanted to become a lawyer. I don't know why now looking back, but I did. And so when I got out of the army, my wife and I decided to take a year abroad to travel, just uh, kind of take a year off. And then I was going to come back and, you know, you know, get after it and stuff like that. But I just want, really wanted to kind of the break. And I, I've always really wanted to travel and it just seemed like a good way to reset. Uh, what had happened though, was I kind of started a blog and a podcast on the side in my last like year in the army, just kind of the small thing. I didn't know where it would go. I started writing blogs. I started, you know, producing a podcast in the trenches. I started publishing and I published like my first book and then my second book. And these were kind of little, little small things, kind of experiments. I was just like thinking about it, approaching it as like projects, just like getting something out. Cause I'd always been honestly, just like really terrified of sharing things publicly. So I was like doing this on the side kind of secretly, but little by little people started following the blog and signing up and then reading the books and, you know, writing reviews and sharing comments and feedback on my stuff. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Well, when, and I, and I, because I started to get a little bit of traction, I was like, well, over that year abroad, I'm going to use that time to see what I can do with this blog to see where it could go. And long story short, we got to the end of that year and I thought I was going to be kind of not only broke, but like in debt from it because I, you know, I, I quit <laughs> yeah, yeah. the army. My, my job was done uh, or I wasn't making the paycheck anymore. And, and so I was like, went from, you know, whatever I was making as a captain to zero. And so we were like, gonna, we were expecting to go into savings to do the travel, but it came back and it was actually positive and we actually made some money. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Let's do another year abroad, just see how things go. So we did, we ended up spending like you know, I don't know, like six months in Southeast Asia, uh, another like six months, like give or take, like around Europe. Uh, the year before that, we did like South Africa, South America, a bunch of other stuff and came back. And it was to the point where I was like, okay, we're making so much money. It doesn't really make sense for me to go to law school anymore. I kind of worked my way out of that one. And I kind of liked what I was doing. And I was like, well, I've done this much. Maybe I can do a lot more. Maybe I can make this a lot bigger. And I just continued to go forward that way. So that led to you know, publishing company, that publishing company expanded into kind of a, I started a consulting company. And then that's led to a bunch of like kind of collaborations and projects and a bunch of different online businesses. And so now I have a few things running and they're all like, I don't know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of things, things going, you could say, but uh, I guess the thing that connects them all is, is me in that regard, but it's kind of been a wild adventure, but maybe that gives some context for people who are listening. Definitely. And as a Marine, I'm not going to hold it against you that you're Army, but uh, we'll, we'll discuss that on the side. That's awesome. That's 
Uh, well, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, with your experience at West Point, obviously, I mean, high regard for that, that I know a couple of people, everyone I've met who's been through there has, has been a really high performer. And so I would just assume that going into there, you already were, um, what people would call productive and able to manage yourself. Uh, but coming out of that, do you feel like you were prepared for going out on your own? And if so, or if not kind of what was the transition like for you in terms of staying productive or staying on top of things or, or letting things go maybe? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. I think if anything, you know, West Point is a really, really, really difficult school, not only to get into, but then to like survive. And I think it was, I don't know, I found it particularly difficult because I don't think I'm the typical West Pointer either in a lot of ways. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of do have my own way of doing things. I, I typically like to work autonomously. So like all things, all those things were just like crushed <laughs> at West Point. Yeah. It was like, you know, you, you get it. You were in the Marines. So it's like, you know, show up, information, drills, all this stuff. And it's like, I guess if anything I took away, like I'm so glad I went now, especially like the farther away it gets. I'm like, man, that was brutal. I would never do it again, but I'm really glad I did. Yeah. And and I guess there was a certain amount of, you could say discipline. I didn't realize it at the time, but I think it did inculcate a certain level of discipline in what I did and like my own expectations and standards of myself. But the other thing, just as I've gotten away from it, like far, further, further removed from the military, my service, I realized like, and you probably kind of feel this way too, a little bit, Adam, it's like, you know, there's something to be said for military service. Like it's something nobody can ever take away from you. It's, it was, it's, it's tough, you know, but it's tough in a good mm -hmm. way. And then you look at kind of what other people have done. Like I remember, you know, I was, I was in Iraq, I was leading a platoon, convoy security platoon, when I was 21, or I turned 22, I turned yeah. 22 in uh, Kuwait, actually, right before we got into country. And so it's like, I'm 22 years old, I'm in charge of like 40 people, plus everybody else that was on those convoys with us, you know, so like dozens to, you know, maybe 100 lives or something like that on these missions, leading it, making sure, you know, there's all these things that can go wrong. And now looking back, and I'm like, I was a kid. When I look at 21 and 22 year olds, <laughs> I'm like, you know, man, they're like, they're still children to me, which is wild. And, and so that's what I was. That's probably how people perceive me when I was going through that. And yet there I was doing, doing my thing. And, you know, thankfully, very thankfully, you know, everything kind of wound up. We, we had no combat casualties and, you know, it, it just one of those things. And so I guess looking at it, how it's applied to my life now in the, the world of entrepreneurship, I'd say at least that level of handling of stress and, and dealing with high stakes, uh, circumstances and environments. It's like now I, when I do the on, uh, entrepreneurship stuff and writing or publishing or any kind of online business stuff, I'm like, it's not life and death. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's just, it's never that hard. It's never that challenging. It's never that difficult. It's never that, uh, overwhelming or, or potentially chaotic or deadly. And so it's like, yeah, I guess in that regard, it, it prepped me at least mentally to do these things. But as far as like skill sets and things like that, no, I had to go out on my own and just, and do it and figure it out. And I think that was more I think West Point was a good grounding again in this discipline because I, I think I already had a bit of the artist entrepreneur in me and, mm -hmm. and I did need that discipline. And so that's kind of how I look at, I think the, but the ability to go out on my own, I don't think that was necessarily ingrained in me in the military. If anything, it was like, I would have been a really great middle manager somewhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, you just talked about it a little bit or you're leading into it where you're talking about the stuff you had to kind of figure out on your own. So once you, you know, you get out, you start doing stuff on your own. Did you, and I find this to be uh, pretty similar for most people in the sense that they do have to kind of figure it out again. And do you, was there anything for you, either books you read or uh, people you learned from as far as, you know, this is what I need to do in order to kind of arrange my life to be successful now as an entrepreneur? 
Yeah, I think a lot of it was trial and error, mm-hmm. and it's just like doing it right. And so I'm I'm a I'm a I learn. I, I learn very quickly if it's experiential, like if it's something I can do, if it's like a tangible thing. And so I, I read a lot, or I, I used to read a lot more. Not, mm-hmm. not and kind of busy doing the stuff now, but like during those like the years in my in the army, I was like reading nonstop. I just wasn't really implementing it. I mean, I kind of started to do it, but it wasn't really until that like last year I really took the plunge. And then obviously when I went off my own, I was like, okay, now I got to figure this out. And so it was like kind of trial, trial by fire and, 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 and just doing it. And then I figured out what kind of works for me. I've, I've, I've read a lot of books on productivity and time management, and I like them generally speaking, but the bottom line, the thing that kind of came, came down to it for me was by the act of just doing and executing and trying to figure things out, I've, I've figured out systems and processes that help me do things better, faster, more efficiently, more profitably. And so that's things like, like number one, it's like have a calendar, man. It's like everybody should have a calendar and use the calendar. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's people who, there are some people who like, don't schedule anything. I get it. I think for the rest of us, it's like, you should use a calendar and you should schedule things on it. And that's like, I'd say one of the critical tools it's, but it's scheduling, scheduling the calendar. And then, you know, there's, there's a lot of techniques out there. Like, what is it that get things done? I kind of like it broadly speaking, but like the thing is I'm actually <laughs> as, as much discipline as I might've learned from the military. I, I don't think I actually, I don't think I have it in me you know, to be as disciplined as I'd like to be. Like, I wish, I wish I could be, but I'm just not as disciplined as like a lot of other people like I've met uh, mm-hmm. just kind of naturally. And so I, it's actually really kind of hard for me to follow a system. So I, I'm, I, I try to do what I can do, like to just kind of frame out my days, my weeks, my months, and, and like kind of the activities I'm doing, try to give myself like left and right limits. But then I kind of just give myself also the space to just say, let's just see what happens here. The things that are important will get done. The things that are not so important, maybe they were never a good idea to begin with, and those won't get done. I'll cut those. But it's like it's a never-ending process, and I know you know that as, as, yeah. as you know better than anyone in that regard. Well, definitely, and I think you're right too. It's it's a process of figuring out for yourself what works because I think we can all have a general framework, but then you've got to figure it out, and it's kind of an eighty twenty rule, right, of applying that and saying, you know, yep. maybe you don't need that uh, constant reminder. Whereas the next person we talk to is going to be like, I couldn't live without something like a, a to do app, you know, to to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And, and that's also, I would say too, it's kind of like, uh, like coaches. So I do some coaching now, but I've never actually, uh, hired a coach. I'm thinking about it now, but it's just like, there's something it, like, it wasn't at the time didn't feel like something I needed. Plus, I don't know if like, I don't know, that's just not really how I work. I kind of, at least at that point, like up to this point, like I've never really, but I know a lot of people use coaches and have tremendous results with them. So I think some people are, are, like very coachable in that regard. Like, I don't know how coachable I am. And so I've never really gone that route. It's something I actually kind of want to experiment this year just because I'm kind of at that point. I'm like, I'm kind of curious about this, but uh, I just haven't done it up to this point because it just didn't, it wasn't something that like really attracted me. And I just like, well, I guess I kind of wanted to figure things out on my own. But uh, yeah, just like, again, those kind of things, I, I, I've always just kind of gone with my gut and for better or worse, like who knows, maybe I would have been way more successful and faster learned way. And I think I would have, I would have learned a lot faster. I would have been more successful more quickly if I had had a coach, but it's just one of those things. I just didn't pull the trigger on it. Cause I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to figure out the system on my own. I'm going to figure out how to do it on my own. And, uh, for better or worse, that's how it's kind of panned out. Well, that's interesting too. And I think I know the answer to the next question, but uh, I definitely want to ask you, then how would you feel or how do you feel rather uh, about masterminds or meeting in small groups? Do you find that to be helpful? Yeah. 
Oh, totally. So, well, that's that's actually, I think I would categorize that a little bit separately than the coaching. So I was thinking oh, about right, like hiring right, a specific right. coach. Yeah. With masterminds, totally. Like I've been in a mastermind since, almost since the beginning. It was actually one of the, mm. the first course I bought online. Uh, shout out to Jonathan Mead of Paid to Exist. He, or he, was, he was the founder of Paid to Exist. I think he sold the company. He's not a part of it anymore. But that was back in like 2000, I don't know, 11 or 12 or something like that. It was like one of the first courses I bought online. There's a community component. It was like encouraged to you know, connect with people and start a mastermind. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I'll just, I'm going to do what I'm told here, try to follow along. And it was like, that was great because when I started, I was the, I was the absolute beginner. I had just started this blog. I was a complete newbie and I was with these other people who had blogs. Some of them had like viral videos and were doing these kind of cool things. And it was like, just forced me to level up that game. And then what I noticed was quickly, I like started to, I won't say like, you could even say, yeah, to some degree, maybe even like surpass other people like in that mastermind. And so then I was like, okay, I need to kind of surround myself by other people who are even a higher level. And that's kind of been the progress uh, or the progression I've made. And now it's, it's awesome. Like I, I meet, uh, I meet like every week, basically I'm, I'm part of like two masterminds that uh, we meet like, you know, bi-weekly or, or every other week kind of thing with these, but they kind of, so I'm, I'm meeting about weekly with these masterminds. And it's, it's great because you learn from people who are doing stuff. If you're surrounding yourself with people who are really smart and, and capable, you're going to learn a ton of stuff from them. It's the kind of input and advice again, that I just think would cost so much money. If you had like a, a, a coach or something like that, or hiring somebody like a consultant, you can get it effectively for free. And, and you just support by being somebody who can also contribute back to that group, be the person who can, can be a sounding board. I'm a big proponent of masterminds. I think everybody should join one. It could be paid, it could be free, whatever it is, but just surround yourself with a small group of people you can meet up with consistently. And especially if they're just a little bit better than you uh, in some way, shape or form, I think that's particularly useful. Definitely. Yeah. I, I uh, look back and that's something I, you know, I kicked myself uh, pretty hard over. I didn't join one until probably about three years ago. And I look back and I look at all the wasted time. And I mean, I'm at where I'm at now and I'm, I'm looking forward, but I always tell people that just, you know, like you said, free paid, whatever it is, find some people that can help you and you can help them. And, and that is literally priceless. There, there's nothing uh, better, I think, than for kind of finding out uh, and just getting that advice. Obviously, if it's like mm -hmm. specific, if you're in an industry or market doing that. Uh, but yeah, I think that that is a really great way to do that. Um, and I know a lot of time it's a mindset shift because before I joined one, I thought it was kind of, um, I don't know, touchy feely, you know, uh, it's just people sitting around talking and then now doing it. I'm like, man, this is so productive. It's one of the best uses of my time. Oh, absolutely. And then the thing is, if it's, if it's like, a, if you were thinking that, and I get that, because I think that's, I was a little hesitant to dive into them. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, or at least when I was getting into it, I was like, yeah, is this, you know, is this for me? I'm kind of more just like do it myself kind of guy anyway. I don't know if I really, but it was like, yeah, it's just, a, it's an, it's an absolute no brainer. I can say that looking back on it. It's like the, what I've learned from people in the groups, the masterminds I'm a part of, like that are doing just amazing things in across a variety of industries, just nuts. These, these, these people are just so smart and they're doing great things so I can learn the things that they're doing. So it's way better than trying to learn that stuff on my own. If I'm trying to do something new and somebody in that mastermind has already done it, mm. boom, there you go. And then just also just the sounding board that you get from being a part of that. And it just, and, and then the, I guess the, like the forcing function of, you know, doing what you, you're saying you're going to do, there's a certain level of accountability that comes with that, at least accountability to yourself, but kind of magnified or, or amplified because, hey, you're going to meet up once a week or once a month or whatever it is, and you better have some results. All those kind of things are super valuable. But, but even maybe even the most most valuable of all is connections 
and and the introductions these kind of things can make. And so now it's like it's just amazing the types of introductions I've gotten just from the you know the people who are in the mastermind with me hmm. and how we kind of hook each other up and introduce people to one another and, and help each other out as much as we can. And I've done a lot of like collaborative like projects with with the different people I'm in the masterminds I'm in. Now that might be because of the kind of the niche and the industry I'm in, you know, in publishing and 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 you know product launches and and a bunch of other stuff that I'm doing, but that's been another reason why it's just an absolute no brainer. So if you're considering, if you're not in a mastermind right now, get in one, even if you're embarrassed, like of yourself, like I was when I first started, it's like, get over it, get in one, get started. It'll, 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 I think it'll really accelerate whatever results you can achieve. It'll accelerate them. So it's like, why not get those results sooner rather than later? Definitely. And I think, you know, you're hitting on it. Even if whoever's listening, if you're feeling like you're not ready or I wouldn't have anything, I mean, everyone's got something to contribute. And the good news is if you feel that way, one, that might not be true, but two, you're going to be surrounded by people who have more experience than you. So that's the greatest position to be in because you're going to do the most learning. So. Well, I think a little bit of switching gears here, Tom, if that's all right, when, because we started talking, or you mentioned launches, and I checked out your guide, uh, Launch Hacks, and you mentioned that you've helped more than 50 companies grow by generating more traffic, leads, uh, sales from their products and services. So I'm really curious, if you don't mind, uh, kind of going behind the scenes here, if that's all right with you. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. So with doing this with you know the dozens of, of people and teams you've helped, uh, what did you do? What do you see when you look back as, you know, what, besides the technical, hey, here's what I'm here to help you implement, like, what did you see that maybe helped them the most? Was it helping them literally just figure out their process or kind of adapting it? Was it helping them with, you know, running a team? Was it automation to get it done? Was there anything like that where you're like, this is a pretty consistent thing I see where people need to, to needed help or needed something to be fixed? Yeah, you know, it's it, a variety. I've worked on a lot of projects, and, and part of that is just because of, as you might have gotten from the origin story there, mm-hmm. and some of the things we've already talked about. I kind of just run into things full steam ahead, and and I kind of did that with the the publishing because after I published a couple of books, people were like, "Hey, could you publish my book?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it." And then that went well, and so I started a publishing company. And then people were like, "Well, hey." hey you know, I don't know if I want to be published with you because they like wanted to self-publish and they wanted to own the rights. And I was like, yeah, that's that's fair. But can you help with the launch? Can you help with the marketing and the sales? I was like, hey, at the time I was like testing anything. I've tried every business model out there. <laughs> and I was like, you know, because I was just bootstrapped and I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, honestly, at the time, like while I was traveling, I was like, so I wanted to test out everything. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I just kind of went where where the demand was and, and, and where my interest wa- was. And so it was like one campaign after another, one launch after another, then getting into things like, oh, you know, my friend John Lee Dumas asked me to help him with his crowdfunding campaign for his first crowdfunding campaign. And we did $453,000 in 33 days. That's awesome. And we set a Kickstarter record. And then that led to people introducing me to other people and, and or, or requests. They'd, they'd reach, him, reach out to him and be like, hey, who'd you use for this? And I get these introductions. And that was that was great. Like That was like kind of the stepping stone was like one, one, one kind of public success or a few public successes that I had just like got me booked solid for like the next few years until I basically kind of have completely shut off any of the um, implementation side of things now. I'm basically just doing kind of creative advisory stuff for these kind of brands and, and tech companies and, and software companies. But like at the time, it was like I'd take any project that was of interest to me and I was especially kind of like excited about the ones where there'd be maybe some kind of, uh, I could maybe be a little more public about what I was doing because a lot of stuff I would do and I worked a lot behind the scenes on a lot of different stuff. You'll never see my name associated with it, but a, but a few of those I was like kind of 
you know, strategically and selective about it and, and wanted to kind of get my name out around those things mm. as we were doing them. Cause I was like, Oh, this, this will be good. This will be big. And anytime somebody was like willing to do that, I was like, let's do it. And it was, that was actually kind of really helpful for me to get, you know, get my name out there and, and, and build a reputation around what I did. But what I found is cause I've done so many different things and we've now like I've launched courses like e-courses, obviously books. We've done traditionally published books. I've done a New York Times bestseller, Wall Street Journal bestseller, USA Today bestseller, obviously crowdfunding, record-setting crowdfunding campaign. We've done, I've done over a dozen, you know, six-figure launch, multiple six, like sometimes multiple six figures. But, you know, I just like all these different campaigns on, on membership sites, coaching, consulting. And, and fundamentally what it is, it's like, how do we, how do we put, how do we, how do we get attention? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we, how do we get people excited about what we're doing, create engagement, and then, and then catalyze that into sales. And so that process and that piece is different every time. And there's always something different. I learned from every different campaign, the different types of products, whether it's software that we were launching or, you know, a book, it's like, there's different, there's different things like different tactics that kind of work better. Mm-hmm. But the, but the underlying thing is always, 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 how do you reach, how do you fundamentally reach more of your target, target market or target audience? And those people already exist online. They exist in networks. So a network is just a group of people connected by a common interest is one way to define a network. That's at least how I define it. It's been useful for me. So I'm going to roll with it. And so where do we find these networks online? So that's, I'm talking groups, forums, communities, uh, you know, people who, so even people who follow specific bloggers, podcasters, content creators, how do we get in front of them? And so that's all partnerships. That's all influencer marketing. Uh, sometimes it manifests as affiliate marketing, not always, but uh, it's partnerships and collaboration and joint ventures and things like that. And that's how we've done all these massive launches. It's by reach is by getting in front of other people's audiences. So even if I'm working with people who have big audiences to begin with, I still want to amplify that by getting in front of other people's audiences. So that's the one thing that they've all consistently have in common is this kind of, I guess you could say it maybe for lack of a better way to define it, influencer marketing aspect of it hmm. and kind of strategic partnership aspect of it. Gotcha. So uh, going back then, I guess a little bit into the past when you were kind of more on the pointy end of the stick and doing the implementing, um, like I, I don't know exactly how long ago it was with a, uh, uh, JLD, mm-hmm. but when you guys, uh, I believe you talked about reaching out, you guys were sending emails when you're, when you're implementing this stuff, um, you know, what, what kind of system, I guess, did you guys use? Do you just, do you have like a spreadsheet and you just knock them out and you guys are doing it? Did he have a team doing it for him? And you guys just kind of, you know, discussed what needed to happen or what, what was the kind of process behind that? Yeah, for that one, that was actually, I had started to build up a, a team at that point by the time I, I worked at John. So I actually had a, at least a couple full-time employees at the time. And, uh, and, and so I had taken the system that I had used for these previous campaigns that I was all doing by myself. And then I, I kind of built a team around it. And so they were, they were doing a, a big portion of that. And so, yeah, bottom line is there's definitely a system and definitely a process that we followed. And it was, it, it's this, the same stuff I'm using right now in my own businesses. And we're doing, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month in, in, in just one of these businesses on average from partners, from influencers and like no other source of traffic, but that, and it's no money out of pocket. It's super lucrative. Um, it's just wild and it works. It just works. And and so those, I'll just break it down. Like the, the main components of it was again, you probably already caught it. If you were paying attention, listening to this, it was like, where does, where do those networks exist? Where, where do the networks of your target audience, your target market exist? How do we, how do we get in front of them? So usually that means, okay, there's going to be a blogger or a podcaster I need to talk to or a content creator, and I need to make it worth their while. So I need to, and, and so I always pre- approach everything uh, relationship-based, like, or from a, from a, 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 
from the perspective of like kind of building a relationship mm. because there are only so many influencers. There are only so many people with blogs and podcasts. There are only so many like thought leaders in a space, right? Mm -hmm. that, that really, so it's like, I, and what I, I did this actually inadvertently. Like, so when I was blogging on the side in the army, I was connecting with a lot of people and I wasn't asking for anything. I wasn't selling anything. I was just connecting with people. I was interviewing them on my podcast. I was writing about them on my blog and sharing their stuff. I wasn't selling anything at the time really at, like at all. And so I realized underneath that was what led to a lot of my success was I just kind of connect with people. I was interested in what they were doing. I paid attention to them. I'd stayed in contact. And that was like the foundational element of everything I've done since for all these campaigns. And what I've done is I've found a way to kind of like escalate uh, or accelerate the results from that. But at the same time, I never approach it transactionally. I'm not looking for a quid pro quo. I don't, you know, it, a lot of people make huge mistakes when it comes to these kind of partnerships, like all the time it's wild. And then they are like, Oh, you know, Tom, I've, I've tried that before. It doesn't work. It's like, yeah, cause you've been doing it wrong. You know, of course it doesn't work. You can, you can do anything wrong and it won't work. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but if you do it right, this stuff works. So what is doing it right? It means when you're approaching potential partners, so you've already identified who they are, you've done your research. When you're reaching out to them, you're, you're, you want to think, what can you do for them first? How do you make it? How do you make it? How do you give before you ask? How do you, you know, pay it forward a little bit? And there doesn't have to be extreme things, but it's like, listen, like here, here's one hack I'll give you. And it's before you reach out to someone with a canned email, stop, delete it, read a couple of their blog posts, listen to a couple of their podcasts, write down a couple of things you liked about it, reply to, uh, to one of their emails in their newsletter, write a comment on their blog post, share some of their stuff on social media, then go ahead and send your email. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like, do a little bit of work because it's going to be worth it in the long run. And then you're probably going to get a response. I just delete so many emails now when I just, they see this like, uh, it's canned, forget this. But like, if it's not canned, if it, if it looked like a person actually paid attention, I'm going to respond. Not everybody does. Plenty of people don't. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of, you know, gatekeepers or people who are putting, you know, mm -hmm. establishing gatekeepers around their little like online business and stuff like that to make it harder and harder. So like, I'm not going to say it works for everyone. It's not like you can't, you can't manipulate the person on the other end. You can only come off. And so, but, the, but there can be a system and a process you can follow to make sure you don't like lose track of a relationship, to make sure you do stay top of mind, to make sure you are. And th that's kind of what I'm getting at with this. It's, yeah. it, it's really not, it's not a shortcut. But it's 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 a system that you apply and you will get results from it because it's just being methodical about how you kind of establish relationships and in the context of of hopefully maybe in the future but maybe not then becoming some kind of profitable partnership and so that's kind of how I approach everything. So basically, anytime I c come out with a new campaign or a new launch we're doing, I'm I'm knocking on doors and and virtually speaking, and I'm saying, hey, you know, we talked a long time ago or we talked about this a while ago. Wanted to put this past you. Is this something that would be a good fit for your audience? I can do that now because I've had a lot of conversations, a lot of interactions, mm -hmm. and I've, I've already paid it forward as much as possible. And then even if it's a no, it's like, hey, that door's still there. I can come back to it. So I'll work with people on a campaign. Then we might not, and then the next two or three might not be a good fit, but then the fourth one might, you know, or, or in some cases I've worked with people like two, three, four times. There's some people who tell me like, Tom, you're the only person I do any kind of affiliate or joint venture uh, campaign with. <laughs> and that's because of attention to detail. I get them what they need. I make it really easy. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely invested in their success, like to make sure it's profitable or it helps them hit reach whatever their goals are. I mean, that's as far as like, I'll write custom emails for them to send. I'll get into their email marketing system. I'll send the email for them. I'll like prep anything, anything it takes, um, because it doesn't matter big or small partner. It's like worth it to me to invest that time because that's another thing here. Here's a life hack. Mm -hmm. The people who are small now will be big later. And so I'm always like looking for the up and comers and say, and trying to help them along because it was the people that pulled me along at first 
that I'm so grateful for and I'll, I'll never forget. So I, as much as I can, I try to help kind of pull people up after me mm-hmm. in this space. We're trying to do this blogging thing, this podcasting thing, this like, you know, info product stuff, you know, software services, just entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship game, writing game, creative, like the creative process game. I like to help those people as much as possible. Definitely. No, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of good information in there. So I'll just pause to say if uh, anyone is listening to this and confused or wondering how they just go back and listen to like the last two or three minutes and they- <laughs> write down some notes on that because that's a a great way to approach this and i would only add that you know the world's a really small place and if you need a reminder of why to uh be invested and be good to people you you never know for like in this example i'm talking to tom uh i had been uh, talking with one of his business partners for a couple months and doing business and you know i could what if that had uh, gone sour i hadn't treated that well you know i probably wouldn't be talking to tom today and i didn't need a reason to be nice uh, to your partner but you know you can imagine if things hadn't gone well you know things probably would have turned out differently so uh, yep on, you got it yeah and on top of that that does remind me too of um what's that book uh how to win friends and influence people it's like well how do you how do you do this how do you uh talk to people and and get good responses well you become genuinely interested in them and and you care about what they're saying. So to me, it's kind of yeah. the same thing. Like, well, how do I get to, to people? Well, you genuinely care and try to help them out and lo and behold, you get some good results. <clears throat> yeah, and it's, it's wild. It's like, yeah, those kind of things, like, you know, in that context, like, I don't know if that's from that book, but like, you, you know, if we talk like in person and that kind of stuff, like even just like relationships in person, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert. I was the guy that was like reading dating books, you know, reading those kind of things. Like, how do I meet, you know, how do I meet people? Like, that's the kind of stuff I was into, man. And I had to, I had to, I, I started by reading. Cause like, that's, that's where my mind goes. I want to read it first before, and then I want to apply it and, and implement it. But it's like, you know, here's a hack. You want people to like you better. It's like, yeah, yeah. Pay attention, be interested in what they're, they're asking, but also just make good eye contact. Like it's wild. You know, when you, if you know, it's like, there's a little hack. It's like, yeah. but it's not, it's, it's not trying to be manipulative. It's like, just make good eye contact, pay attention. It's like, those are the kind of like the same kind of principles that work in person. I've just tried to like articulate, like, why do I get positive responses when I'm sending emails? Why, when I don't get a response, what am I doing wrong? And I've sent hundreds of thousands of emails, probably definitely hundreds of thousands. I was actually the number well, top 1% of users of uh, contextually the CRM that I use for a while. I oh, think. nice because of just how many emails we were sending. Yeah. And, uh, and so I like just paid attention to it and it was always iterative. And so like when I'm reaching out, I, I, it's not easy. Like there's nothing intuitive about sending an email, especially to somebody you don't really know. There's, you know, and so it's taken me time to develop those and get to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at like writing an email and getting a response from somebody. And that's like, it's weird, but it's, there's kind of like an art and a science to it. Anyway, I'll just, I'll stop there and, and see where else you want to go with this. Oh, all over the place. I've got like five things written down. I've got to pick one. So uh, I'll use some focus here and say, have you, I'm just curious, have you ever tried using a video and email uh, and using that for outreach? I, I do quite a bit. Now I don't usually, I, I might not lead with it, mm-hmm. but uh, but if it's like a, fo- so I'll, I'll do it. And I use something like uh, use Loom. Yeah. It's, pretty solid and one of the ones I've used probably the most. And so, yeah, like if I'm reaching out to someone, I think it's kind of rude to lead with a, a video or an audio message um, because it just takes time. <laughs> and I don't know, some people, I guess, like it, but I think most people don't, honestly. But I think a video is great for things like if somebody asked for more information mm-hmm. or if I reached out with something and I said, hey, you know, so with that initial email I send, my, my follow-up process to get responses, if somebody like, if I saw that somebody opened an email but didn't respond, you know, replying maybe five to 10 days later, shooting a personal video on Loom to explain what I was getting at with that first email. And then I send it and I say, hey, you know, hey, Adam, just wanted, you know, just wanted to elaborate on some of these points. Um, So I shot this quick video for you. I keep it like under three minutes. 
you know, it, again, it's one of those things where it doesn't really matter if it works all the time because it works a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I do it. And even if somebody doesn't like it, it's like, I know at least I put the best foot forward. Yep. I tried to, I tried to be respectful. I tried to make sure they understood that I was personally, I personally cared about what I was trying, why I'm talking to them in the first place, why I reached out in the first place or whatever it might be. And so, yeah, I think that's killer. Plus video is really great for, uh, clients, co- uh, whether you're doing coaching, consulting, advising. So like, this is something a few people have mentioned to me. It's like when I was doing the implementation stuff and then people would in, uh, inquire to work with me, I put together a proposal. I'd send them a proposal, but I'd send them a video walking through the proposal too. It's like these kind of, and it's just like, that was it. That's the reason people pulled the trigger. So like anybody who's in the coaching game, consulting games, like do that, man. You can take that. Just uh, leave me a great testimonial at some point in time or thank me later. Um, it, it works. It yeah. works really well. Just don't lead with it because that's really annoying. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I've had great success with using it. I like it. I find that people are generally surprised, happily so, that you've done it. And it's not that it even takes more time. Actually, for me, it takes less time than than it would writing an email, which I'd probably rewrite a few times. But just speaking naturally, yeah, it's gotten a great response, both like you're saying for consulting outreach and then uh, for some stuff for client, even client outreach, like prospecting. It's worked really well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, going back real quick, uh, we're getting a little short on time, but we got time for a couple more questions. And one of them, uh, so we've talked about kind of when you were doing more of the implementing, kind of bumping up now with the larger launches and stuff where you're just doing more of the strategy. Um, I'm just curious, do you find that there's a, an effective kind of balance of delegation or automation versus having, you know, whoever you're working with, their team kind of doing the dirty work or them doing it themselves? Do you, like, should people aim to... Um, I guess, step out of that role completely? Or do you advise that, hey, as you as the business owner, as the person running this entire ship, you should maintain, you know, a pulse on this or be doing some of this yourself? You know, that's a tough, that's a tough one to answer because I, I like to keep a pulse on things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also work with people who have like multiple seven figure, eight figure businesses kind of thing, Mm -hmm. um, who are scaling. And at the end of the day, they're so big, like, they can't really keep a pulse on it. Yeah. And so, you know, an example would be like, I worked with uh, Teachable for a couple of years. Are you familiar with them? Uh, just a name. Yeah, I've checked out the website. Yeah, they, they do like a, they have an LMS, like a learning management system. Mm-hmm. So they do like, you know, so if you want to create and sell a course online. So to give you some context, so I basically like ran their virtual summits for like two years in a row. And so it's like one of those things where it's like the founder, he's busy building, you know, a multi-million dollar company. Um, yes, he has relationships and yeah, he can bring those to the table, but he just doesn't have the capacity to actually, you know, say focus on the partnership side, but even, even every element of that business, it's like growing really fast. They're, they're crushing it. And, uh, you know, so they have to delegate and outsource. And so it's like, yeah, the, the, the answer is you have to be able to do that. You have to outsource, you have to delegate if you really want to grow something. But then the other thing too, is I'll give you another example. It also depends what you want. Like I told you, I had, I had employees at one, one point in time I actually fired all my employees and then went to, uh, just me and contractors for everything. And it's been a move that I've loved because I realized, you know, I didn't really want to have an agency. It was never really, uh, I don't know. It's not something I really enjoyed. I actually like the simplicity of it. I like, I, I'm, I, I realized like, I just, I'm not inclined. I'm not the person I'm not, I don't really want to build that, you know, massive business and then sell it. Like, it's not really where my mind is at. Mm-hmm. I prefer, you know, I, these ideas and, 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 and working with people like more directly and, and just, but in a way where it's like, my time is also my time. Like I have chickens. 
I have a greenhouse, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to hopefully get goats. I want to be like entirely self-sufficient off the land in like the next two years. Like, you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm into, yeah. you know, it's like, I want whatever I do online and the work I do in my business to support my life and not the other way around. And so I, I'm, I care, you know, I care about my kids. I care about my family. I want to be able to like be, be there to like homeschool and invest in that regard. Those are the kind of things I really care about. And I realized, yeah, maybe I just have to organize my life a little bit different, organize this business a little bit different and, and I can make that happen. And, and that's kind of been the case. It's like, you, you will find what you seek, yep. you know, knock and the door shall be opened. And so it's like, just make sure you're aiming at the right thing, but also don't get, but I say that and don't get scared for those who are just at beginning. Don't get scared at aiming at something, at least aim at something and start moving. Cause it might not be the right thing, but at least you're moving in a direction that you, you set for yourself. Cause then things will change. Like I've changed my target a few different times. Oh, I was really interested in, you know, kind of growing, growing, growing. And then I realized, nah, you know, actually I'd rather have this kind of lifestyle. And I was like, how do I organize it around that? And that's, it's changed everything for me. But the, so the point is you have to have an aim, but also just don't be scared to aim at least at something sure. to get started. Yeah. And if you have to change 180 degrees, so be it, at least you're going somewhere. Cause if you don't have an aim, you're never going to get there. So you got it. Yeah. That's really good advice. And I, I like how you followed that up with, you know, don't worry about it, but you know, Hey, yeah. Like you said, point at a target, start moving. And uh, you'll figure out the rest on the way and inevitably you'll make a ton of course corrections, but that's just the name of the game. Well, uh, Tom, do you have any tips for uh, maybe how someone could put this to work? I, I love the part about being genuine about, you know, getting after, out there and just, you know, being in touch with people. But for someone who isn't maybe say at your level or John's level and, you know, having a team and doing this, what do you think is the most effective way for someone who say has the product, has something and they're wanting to really start uh, doing some outreach, what's the best way for them to do this? Just consistency or what's what's the kind of name of the game here? 100%. So like I actually have a course and kind of a program around it called Influencer Marketing Method. Mm -hmm. So shameless plug for that. But like what I'll say is that the, the concept of it is like you have to be able to invest maybe 30 to 60 minutes a day into this. Mm -hmm. But then it's like that's you have to make it a practice the practice of daily, the, a daily practice. And so what that means is like, but again, it's like really hard. If you don't have a system or a process for connecting with people and, and, and kind of forming and building relationships and then, you know, developing partnerships and it, it becomes just kind of a cluster or you end up like reading a bunch of stuff on networking and it kind of works, but it kind of doesn't. So basically I, that's what influencer marketing method. The reason I, I built that was for that exact question, because I was like, I'm doing this for other people if I were to teach this and I taught it, you know, to the people on my team, and then I've taught it to other contractors for different things. And I, and, and it's worked in a, a variety of niches and industries. And I still use it to this day. I've just like trained other people to kind of like lead, lead the, lead the charge with it. But the bottom line is it's like, you, you want to be, it's, it's a lot of people want to do like one thing, one time. And it, this is not that, this is not that strategy. And it's, it's a little bit each day is a thousand times more effective than a lot one day or even a lot like one day a week even or one day a month. It's like a little bit each day. So that takes discipline, but and it takes commitment, carving out like 30 minutes a day and then doing the proper things each day and being consistent with it. And then what's really cool is you'll realize you don't need to have a thousand partners. You don't need to have a thousand, you know, influencers sharing your stuff. You might need only 10. And so if you just invest about 30 minutes a day, you'd be surprised how quickly you can get to 10 partners or 10 people like promoting or sharing your products or services and how quickly you can get to six figures and beyond just through that process. Nice. Nice. 
Good advice. A hundred percent agree with you. So I've just got two more questions for you. Uh, and this first one is one that everybody loves asking. Uh, so I've got to ask you, uh, but what tools and apps do you find yourself using the most in, in terms of organization, productivity, time management, anything like that? So right now I'd say Google Calendar is the number one winner for sure. Um, I use Google Calendar. What else do I I use Basecamp for project management. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not as much as I used to, like when I had a team, now that it's kind of me, I'm like, "Eh, do I even need this anymore? But it's actually really good for keeping track of like even my own kind of personal projects and stuff like that. And I I still use it pretty regularly. Um, I have like mentioned contactually. Do you still use that? I used it for a little while, um, but I hadn't used it in a while. And yeah, great tool. I still use Contactually. I'm actually using Airtable a lot right now. Mm-hmm. And that's like uh, Google Sheets on steroids. It's like a database. And so I can do some kind of really cool, sophisticated, like interlinking of, anyway, it's super nerdy stuff. But, you know, if you're in need of a database, you know, <laughs> check out Airtable pretty good. Um, I use real-time board for like whiteboarding stuff, which I really like. And then, gosh, I don't know, you know, the basics like Google Drive and whatnot for easy sharing. And then, I don't know, there's probably a hundred other tools, but those are the ones that I see uh, kind of pinned to my Google Chrome right now. So those are the important ones, what I just shared. Oh, and then like email marketing, I use ConvertKit and, you know, so I get, and, but I have a lot of, I mean, I have a couple of different businesses. So we have actually have a bunch of different software for different things. So like that stuff, I'm not really married to like specific products necessarily, but just like the tools that get the job done. I think it's important somebody has a calendar. I think you do, it's important you have some sort of CRM or, or a way to manage your contacts, um, even if it's just a Google Sheet. And so that's actually with Airtable, I've actually turned it into a bit of a CRM. And even though we have contextually, I use that basically for sending the emails, using things like mail merge, which is really effective. Mm-hmm. But then I actually kind of manage most of my database and my CRM uh, kind of within Airtable. So it's a little bit of a hybrid. I've tried to go back and forth. I'm always looking for ways to improve it. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, ah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Just roll with it. Um, and so those are the tools I use. There you go. Awesome. All right. Well, last question for you today. And I'm glad that uh, you mentioned that you're a reader. Uh, but what book do you find yourself recommending the most right now to people? And I'll, I'll caveat that because I know some people hate having just one. So it can be it can be more than one. Man, you know, I, the one I've, I don't know if it's a lot now, but like over time, it's been really good for a lot of people in the online business space. Uh, good for writers, authors, course creators, you know, to product creators, even software. It says influence by uh by dr cialdini i think is how you pronounce it and you just you know it's like little things you probably heard them a million times reiterated but it's it's still a useful book and it's this idea of like things like reciprocation and little things like that it kind of it'll open you up to you know once you read it it'll start you'll start seeing the world a little bit different so i kind of like that one as kind of a a fundamental kind of go-to i mean there's a dozen that are on my desk right now that i could probably call out but that one's always i think a pretty solid classic nice Awesome. Well, I am going to check that out. I just, uh, I like it so much. That's it. Persuasion. That's the one I just got done reading a couple months ago, but I haven't, uh, to my embarrassment, read Influence yet. So I'll bump that up on my list. Well, I have, I have Persuasion on my desk and I haven't gotten around to it. So hey, there we we'll, go. Have to, yeah, we'll have to share notes. <laughs> awesome. Well, Tom, thank you so much for a great uh, interview. I know that everyone listening has gotten a lot out of this and I appreciate all that you shared. Uh, where can people go to find out some more about you and what you're working on? For sure. Thank you, Adam. It really, really means a lot to me to be invited onto this. I'm glad I could spend some time with you and your listeners. And for those who are out there curious about some more of this stuff, just go to tommorkes.com. That's T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S.com. Tommorkes.com. You'll be able to get in touch with me there. Like all my stuff's there, podcast, blog, whatever. And so instead of like sending you a hundred different directions, tommorkes.com is a good place to look. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. You got it. Thanks again for listening today. 
And if you can think of one person in particular who would find today's episode really helpful, please share it with them by sending a link to the episode in an email or a message. And before we wrap up for today, you know, people ask me about how to improve their time management skills, improve their ability to focus on what's important, and use automation to save time in their business, and get started building their own team. And if you're a bit like me, it's nice to have a bit of a guide or outline to help with areas like this, which is why I created The Foundation, to help listeners get a solid framework or foundation to help them be more productive so that they could grow their business, improve their lives, and do it all with less stress and time involved. If that sounds like something you'd like to do, then head to productivity.academy slash the foundation and get started.